Welcome to the Fire Talk with that Fire Geek 921 podcast, a show that discusses topics of concern to the fire investigation community. Welcome to episode three of the Fire Talk with that Fire Geek 921 podcast. I can be found on the web at www.firetalk921.com and via email tim at firegeek921.com. If you have listened to the first two episodes of this podcast, you'll know that uh, I have not quite gotten into the rhythm or sustained schedule, but I do want to thank you all that have listened to the podcast. I really appreciate the comments that I've received. And this is episode three, as I said earlier, and today we're going to talk about fire origin determination and specifically the method detailed in NFPA 921 to determine the room area and hopefully the point of origin. The latest edition of NFPA 921 just released this fall, uh, the 2021 edition, suggests that the origin hypothesis is one of the most important hypotheses that the investigator will develop and test during their origin and cause investigation. Uh, If you can't determine the origin, you can't determine the cause. And if you get an incorrect origin, then there's a good chance you're going to get the incorrect cause or you won't be able to determine the cause because you're in the wrong area. A big change in the 2021 edition uh, versus the previous editions is that in the previous editions in 18.1.2, there were four sources of information that could be used and relied upon to determine the area of origin. Uh, in the 2021 edition, they removed uh, arc mapping and put it in with uh, fire patterns. The first thing that you can rely on in witness information, electronic data, uh, eyewitnesses, cameras, alarm initiating devices, those kinds of things. The second thing, uh, fire patterns, flow patterns, intensity patterns. And this is where they added arc mapping Uh, electrical conductor activity. And then the third is fire dynamics, the physics and chemistry of fire in the interaction with building systems. Just as in a lot of other areas in 921, uh, chapter 18, fire origin determination outlines the use of the scientific method in determining the origin. The first step obviously is recognize the need. Uh, There was a fire and at this point we don't know where the origin is. Definition of the problem is that we want to determine the origin. The third step, we're going to collect the data, which includes basic site data, pre-fire conditions, documentation of post-fire conditions, excavation, examination, reconstruction, witness statements and observations, fire department info, and any initiating devices from the fire alarm system, camera data, that sort of thing. The fourth step is you want to analyze all that data. You want to do a pattern analysis, identify ventilation-generated patterns, heat and flame vector analysis, origin matrix analysis, depth of char and calcination surveys, arc mapping, event sequencing, fire dynamics, and building construction and occupancy considerations. As you're analyzing all that data, you want to develop hypotheses, uh, the initial origin hypotheses, the working origin hypotheses, and any alternate hypotheses that can be explained or explained away. You want to test the hypotheses Are there competent ignition sources present in your origin? Does the origin explain the data? Are there contradictions that have been resolved with your data and with your origin hypothesis? And also, does an alternate origin explain the data equally well? I don't know about you, but but I've stood in a fire scene and said to myself, I can get the fire from point A to point B, but I can't get it from point B to point A. 
And so those are things that you want to take into consideration. After you've tested your hypotheses, uh, then you select your final hypothesis for your area of origin, your point of origin, or you may not be able to identify the origin at all. There are two tools available. Well, there are at least two tools available that I'm aware of that are available to assist with origin determination and hypothesis testing. The origin matrix analysis and the Blanchia ignition matrix. Andrew Cox in the Fire Arson Investigator, July 2013 edition, wrote an article about origin matrix. And in 2017, his origin matrix was incorporated into the NFPA 921. The origin matrix is not a checklist, but a framework to better understand the fire patterns and damage that you're seeing in the compartment. A general overview, and I would encourage you all to read the article. Um, again, that was the July 2013 edition of the Fire Arson Investigator put out by the IAAI. You want to divide the compartment into quadrants, identify any ventilation openings. Recall that in 921, NFPA 921, the 2021 edition in 184.5.2, it talks about the complications occurred in the matrix because of multiple ventilation openings or if the fire origin is elevated. After you've identified the ventilation openings, you want to identify patterns and damage. Also recall that in post-flashover fires, the patterns and damages near and across from ventilation openings are likely caused by their proximity to those openings, and that the ventilation-caused patterns may cover other patterns that are located in the fire origin. Fire patterns located outside of the ventilation patterns should be considered as potential indicators of the origin. The, uh, the second tool, the Blanchia Ignition Matrix, which is trademarked, uh, it's a tool that lists available fuel or fuels and packages and the ignition sources located in the area of the origin. This matrix can be used to identify the first fuel ignited in the competent ignition source. So essentially what you do is you create a table with fuels listed in the far left column and the ignition sources listed across the top. And a reading across the row identifies the fuel and each square pairs the fuel with the ignition source. So for, as an example, uh, say you have a fire on a counter in a kitchen uh, and in that area, company ignition sources are a candle and a coffee maker. And the fuel packages in that area are a cotton hand towel and a cardboard box. And so you would develop a table with the ignition sources of candle and coffee maker in columns. And uh, the row below would be a hand towel. And then a row below that, a cardboard box. And then there are four questions that you want to ask of each box. So if you have a candle in the hand towel, is the ignition source competent to ignite the fuel? Yes, the candle is competent to ignite a hand towel. Is the ignition source close enough to this fuel to be capable of, of igniting it? And in my example, I'm saying yes, uh, the candle and the hand towel are close enough where the candle can ignite the hand towel. Is there evidence of ignition? Yes, the hand towel is burned. Um, is there a pathway for a fire ignited in this first fuel to ignite the main fuel? And yes, the, in my example, the candle ignited the hand towel. The hand towel, once ignited, spread fire to other combustibles nearby. Now, moving on, I say that hand towel is the fuel and the coffee maker is the ignition source. And in this case, is the ignition source competent to ignite this fuel? The answer is no. And therefore, you don't have to answer the next three questions. Cardboard box in the candle, is this is the ignition source the candle accompanying or ignite this fuel? Yes. Is the ignition source close enough to this fuel to be capable of igniting it? In my scenario, I'm saying yes, it is. Uh, is there evidence of ignition? In my scenario, I'm saying no, because the cardboard box is not burned. It's competent, but ruled out. Where with the candle and the hand towel, it's competent and close. 
and the coffee maker and the hand towel is not competent. And then the last column would be the cardboard box and the coffee maker. Is the ignition source competent to ignite this fuel? And the answer is no. And therefore, that would be not competent. So in this case, uh, I have four boxes with the candle and the hand towel being competent and close. The coffee maker and hand towel and coffee maker and cardboard box are not competent. And the cardboard box and the candle are competent but ruled out. So in this case, my origin is the hand towel being ignited by the candle. Now, I think most investigators, when they're doing their origin determination, very likely use this matrix, uh, whether they know they're doing that or not. You're just not putting it in writing, not putting it down into a table form. The one thing I will say that if you write it down and you put it in your notes, then you've identified that you followed the scientific method for your investigation. And Lentini, in his Scientific Protocols for Fire Investigation, states that the completed matrix documents the thoroughness of the investigation and shows compliance with ASTM E678, which is the standard practice for the evaluation of scientific and technical data. So in closing, I just want to thank you again for listening to episode three of the Fire Talk with that Fire Geek 921 podcast. Uh, to finish this episode off, I just want to talk about some terminology. I know many, many years ago, and I still hear it today, cause and origin investigation. I know many of you listening to this still hear people referring to the origin and cause investigation as cause and origin or CNO investigation. I hear that from many different professions, as, as I'm sure you do, and I understand why other professionals that we work with re still refer to it as a CNO or a, or, or a cause and origin investigation. Old habits die hard. Uh, they're rightfully uneducated about the industry. It's really not important to them that they get the terminology right. They just know that they need a CNO investigation uh, to finish off what, what they need to get done. But what I don't understand is why fire investigators are still using it or still referring to it as the cause and origin or CNO investigation, especially investigators who have been in the industry or came into the industry after 1992, uh, after the first edition of NFPA 921, and after the Daubert decision in 93. I'm not sure it should bother me as much as it does, but it, it you know, it's one of those things whenever I hear somebody in the industry say cause and origin. I mean, it's one of the, it's a basic foundation of of what we do and, and who we are. And so I always wonder if they're calling it cause and origin, what else are they still relying on from the old days? You know, are they still, do they still believe that spalled concrete indicates an ignitable liquid? And in closing, I just, again, you know, that the cause of the fire cannot be determined until the origin of the fire is correctly identified using the scientific method. Again, I want to thank you for listening to episode three of the Fire Talk with that Fire Geek 921 podcast. I welcome questions and comments, uh, www.firegeek921.com or uh, email tim at firegeek921.com. Again, thank you very much and I look forward to having you listen to the next episode. The Fire Talk with that Fire Geek 921 podcast is a production of McCart Cove Consulting, LLC, copyright 2019. The views and opinions expressed in the Fire Talk with that Fire Geek 921 podcast are those of the host and of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of their employers and of institutions or organizations that they may or may not be associated with in their professional or personal capacity. 
Any content provided is not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. Thank you for listening.